Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and chill, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V, the number five, zero, believe 50. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm here with our host, Eric Warfield. We'll be joined by Jason Dunn in a little bit. Um, but it's Raiders week, and uh, with Raiders week, we're going to do a little offer a little different perspective. We have former Raider running back Lamont Jordan coming on. He played for the Raiders from 2005 to 2007. And Lamont, thanks for coming in to uh, join the enemy this week. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a pleasure, man. We don't get uh, very many opposing team players on here, so uh, it's a pleasure having you on. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. Excited. You know, right now, both teams are like kind of in turmoil. Like, you know, y'all lose a coach. You lose one of your better receivers. You lose a DB. And on top of that, you go out and, you know, lose a game that I think you guys are favorites to win. So, um, you know, we've been struggling this season trying to figure out who we are because we've kind of lost our entire identity, uh, offense and defense. So it's it's it's, it's uh it could be an interesting game, you know, because both teams are like not at their best when you got some of the best players in the league. But for some reason, it's just not, you know, things just aren't going the, the way we kind of expected. Yeah, you know, just coming into the season, uh, you from the time the season started, you look at the Chiefs games and the fact that most of them, they were behind at halftime and they had to come back. That kind of let me know that that things were a little off for this team. Um, they were having some close games and, and Hey, even with the Raiders, you're right. That was a game that they should have won last week. Um, I do think that with everything that happened this past week and then having to fly over to the East coast had an effect on them. And, and I definitely expect a better showing from those guys, um, this upcoming week. Yeah. And, and we'll get into all of that, but we saw lat from last week's games from the giants and the Packers. Before we do that, uh, you know, it's Raiders week. Uh, and last year, e, I know you guys talked about uh, all the things that were done in the facilities <laughs> to get you prepared for Raiders week, get you in that right mindset. Um, and I, I kind of want you to go over and tell that, uh, tell that again for a lot of viewers or listeners who didn't uh, hear that stuff last year. Uh, and also 
And I want Lamont to give his perspective on what he saw as Chiefs week on the Raiders side of things. Um, if the same, if you kind of see the same kind of, uh, you know, things going on on, on that on that side. Um, but yeah, it's just a different environment. You know, it's, it's, it's a different feel. Um, you know, you prepare for games uh, each and every game um, the same way. But as far as the Raiders week come, man, you get a different tone around the entire stadium. Uh, I guess this rivalry is dated back since, you know, I get one of the, the longest rivalries outside of Chicago and Green Bay is from what Stanford was uh, telling me earlier today. So um, it's one of those deeply rooted that's been going on for years and years and years. So, uh, you know, you get a different feel. I got there in the first couple of years. I didn't quite understand. I, you know, I'm thinking it's just a, a football game, but you always want to win a football game. And so I'm, I'm you know, getting it from guys like Derek Thomas and, and uh, you know, Marty was my coach. And so you go around, you try to enjoy your, your week, your, your practice. And, you know, you got, you're out there at times when you're not on the field, you try to crack jokes and, you know, tell certain, certain stories. But it's a different, different week when it's Raider week. Like the players, the older players won't let you crack the jokes. You can't, you know, you can't joke around out there. The coaches, they're going to be on your butt about every little knickknack thing. Uh, the front office people, they're like on, you know, walking on eggshells. They don't want to make mistakes with whatever that their job entails. So it's just a different week. And uh, I don't know where it stemmed from, but it's just one of those rivalries that's been going on for so long. It's just carried over to where it just stays that way. Yeah, for me, it was this rivalry for me started back when I was a kid. Um, you know, being here on the East Coast, I got a whole lot of, of Chiefs games. I got a whole lot of Raiders games because most of the times those were the games that were being played in the four o'clock hour. And my first experience, I believe my first experience with the AFC West was playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the Coliseum. Um, it's a game that, you know, I broke off for a big touchdown and, and it got called back and we wound up losing the game. But um, so, like I said, for me, this started back when I was a kid, but to actually be in it, to 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 feel the the, the tension on the field. And, and as I was talking before, it, 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 it wasn't a lot of crazy things going on when it got ready for the Chiefs, but you definitely felt it being outside of the building with the fans. You can feel it with the fans that, hey, it's Raiders Chiefs. It doesn't matter what the record is. We have to win this game. We want to slaughter the teams. Like you, you really, you really felt that. Now, as a player on the field, um, you know, there were two teams that every time you played them, I just knew as a running back, I had to buckle my chin strap. Um, two places and two teams. When you go to Seattle, that was always a bite down on your mouth mouthpiece type of game for me. And whenever I played the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead. That was a different animal. I love playing in Arrowhead because that war chant. Listen, growing up a Braves fan, having a chance to play at Florida State, and then having a chance to play in Kansas City. Oh, it's man. carried over. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just carried over. But when you talk about this rivalry within the AFC West, I definitely felt that there was a little more tension with the Kansas City Chiefs, but it wasn't a lot. No matter who we played in the AFC West, it was it was a rivalry. It didn't matter. It seemed like everybody hated the Raiders, but within the fan base, you can definitely feel it. We want the Chiefs. Yeah. Eric, you, you talked about last year how, like, the, um, the facilities people would put, like, Raiders helmets within the toilets, like, during Ra Raiders week. 
So uh, JD mentioned that. I, I I don't recall that. He he mentioned the uh, well, the little potty things you put in there, you know, the, in, in the men's stall. Um, yeah, he mentioned that. I I, I don't recall those things. Uh, it, it was just a, a different vibe when it came to those weeks, you know. And even with the fans, the thing that kind of uh, shocked me a little is that the fans in the end zone that kind of dress up and act crazy aren't as crazy as they look. When you when you actually go to the end zone and talk to them, you get some of the nicest people. But they've been they've been fans for so long to where it's where like when they they know they're they're what they're supposed to do during the game. They're going to give you they're going to heckle the heck out of you and try to make you mess up. But if you're kind enough to go over there and just to chat and say hi, you get some of the best conversations from them. Yeah, that you know what that was that was my experience with with the Raiders fans just playing with when I was playing with the Jets. It was you come in there for the first time once again, growing up, never been in the black hole. I see all yeah. these fans on TV, and then I come out there as a Jet player, and I'm just like, you know, all the things that you're hearing just coming from the fan base. And so for me to to play there as a Jet, and then to play in the Coliseum as a Raider, um, I got a chance from my childhood to see a fan base that I I, I desire to play in front of someday. And to play in front of that fan base and know that that they are a loyal fan base, especially yes. if you're playing against an AFC West team. They yes. are a loyal fan base. It does not matter what the record is. It's just they're still speaking encouragement. They're going to let you know when you're messing up, though. Oh, yeah. They will let you know when you're messing <laughs> up. But but playing in that Coliseum with those crazy fans, man, it was just it's just it's an awesome experience. I agree. When you were the Jets, did you um, did you, were there any kind of rivalries that were like they were like this? I mean, with Jets, Patriots, Jets, Bills, was there anything like that? Um, for me, it was the Jets, Dolphins, simply because when I got to the Jets, like I think the the Jets had beat the Dolphins like eight, nine times oh, before, or or something crazy like that. So you, it, it was always the, it was always for me, it was the Jets against the Dolphins because you never wanted. Um, you never wanted to lose to the Dolphins. Of course, when we played the Bills and we played the Patriots, um, you know, those games, of course, they had some intense moments to them. But I didn't feel um, if I had to take a comparison where, let's say, Raiders are playing Chiefs, the closest thing that I got to that when I played and played for the Jets was the Jets versus the Dolphins. Hmm. Interesting. But but no, nowhere really, nowhere really in that same ballpark of kind of the heat. No. No, no, nowhere, nowhere near in, in, in that same ballpark. I mean, I'm the, the 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 hatred that you get wearing that Raiders uniform going into Kansas City or going into San Diego or going into Denver. You know, I I I never really I never experienced that. Yeah, you either, the Raiders, you either love or hate them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how the fan base is. Yeah. You know, and they get a lot of love because back in the days it was that, that those colors, silver and black. You know, and then uh, the rap group NWA kind of made it uh, popular also. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, silver and black everywhere. Um, but, yeah, that's that's just the fan base that says that you love or hate them. Now, I don't know if Kansas City's fans are this way, but it does not. It doesn't matter. Every Raider fan I've met, doesn't matter where I'm at. Once they find out you're a Raiders player. Depending on where their tattoo is, they go, hey, I got my tattoo here. I mean, I've never met a Raiders fan that did not have a tattoo somewhere on their body. And they wore it proud. They wanted you to make sure that, that 
that you knew that, hey, I'm committed to the Raiders and they showed up. I mean, listen, when I was playing there for three years, we weren't very good. I mean, we just weren't very good. I have my part in that. But if it's one thing about us that those fans would die hard, they were going to cheer you on every game, regardless of, of, of what the record was, especially, like I said, especially if an AFC West opponent was coming to town, they, they, they're they going to show up. Yeah. And that's one thing, the Raiders and the Chiefs. And you got Raiders, Chiefs, Browns, and Bills. Those are organizations that really haven't had a lot of, like, success and, you know, those fan bases that still come out, regardless of the, you know, regardless of the, the product on the field or the weather, they still still there and uh, packed. Um, and you kind of mentioned uh, something that uh, a, a long run you had um, against the Chiefs. What, what would be a kind of a memory that sticks out uh, for you, uh, special to you, with, with when it comes to this Raiders Chiefs rivalry, Lamont? Um, I, I just remember losing that first game in Oakland. You know, it was my first time just signed a contract. Uh, my first time being a full, you know, being a starter, really. I mean, I think the Chiefs, we played them the second game of the season after we played the Patriots, if I'm, if I remember correctly. Um, and I just remember wanting that first game, you know, wanting that first game in the AFC West um, and, and, and breaking off a run, having it called back, always close games, always physical games. Um, but the thing that I will always remember most about Kansas City is going to Kansas City. You know, when that 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 listen, that stadium, it is loud. And and when those fans, when that war chant come on, I mean, it's 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 nothing like it, man. It's 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 really it's nothing like it. Eric, I think I know your uh, all time memory when it comes. Oh, to heck, yeah, that's my uh, Jerry Rice moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I grew up a Jerry Rice fan and just to line up against the, you know, first play of the of the game. And pick Rich Gannon off guarding Jerry for, for pick six. Yeah, that that definitely takes a cake for me. Yeah, it's hard to top that. <laughs> um, I oh, well, I guess we'll ask Jason when it when he gets on. But uh, kind of the fast forward to um, the Chiefs Raiders right now where, where they stand. So go, going into Sunday, you got the Raiders who are five and three, uh, Chiefs who are five and four essentially kind of battling out for, you know, who's a top dog in the AFC West. But after seeing what you saw, the product that we put on the field against the Green Bay and the product the Raiders put on the field against the Giants, where do you see your teams as of right now? What, what did you notice last week as we go into this this rivalry game this Sunday? For well, my team or, or the Raiders? Uh, you talk about the Chiefs and Lamar. You can, uh, oh, well, so I just see both teams again. Uh, I don't know if that version was recorded. But it's just a team of, of confusion on both both ends. And, and I, I can't really say that the Raiders are, are confused. They're just a team in turmoil. You know, you lose, lose your head coach due to some uh, discrepancies with emails or whatever else in his past. Uh, you lose one of your best receivers, you know, due to a, a DUI incident uh, that was a, a fatality involved. And then you got uh, your cornerback who's uh, on social media, you know, with guns and whatever, asking to fight somebody or shoot somebody. So, and and you lose all these people, and, you, and then you find yourself um, starting the season out balling. Like I, I thought, the Raiders were like a top team, you know. And all of a sudden, like things just started to fall apart for them. And, and now they're sitting here, um, you know, still a winning record, but just a team that's just slowly falling to pieces. You know, you got a good quarterback, you got a great tight end, and a good running back, great defensive end in Crosby, and you got some other good key pieces. So you still have the potential to be a really good team. It's just a matter of keeping everything together 
uh, instead of just letting it fall apart slow by uh, slow slowly. And, and with the Chiefs, I think offensively we just started out overconfident. We felt like we were the team of last year and the team of the year before. So where if we're behind, we can easily find, find our way back and win games. And all of a sudden we find out that we don't have that same firepower at offense, on the offense, because we don't have a consistent running game. We have a new offensive line that's not really jailed together right now. Uh, and now all of a sudden your quarterback is, is, is the force plays he's been known to force. We're getting there. They're becoming turnovers. You know, your best receiver is starting to, you know, have tip balls, miss balls come, come out of his hand for interceptions. Our tight end and, and the you know best tight end I think is in the game doesn't seem to be in it fully. So it's just like a mental thing with our team to where it's like we haven't been engaged, fully engaged mentally in a game since the Super Bowl. And it seems like ever since the beginning of that, with all the stuff that happened with Andy Reid and his kid and before going to the Super Bowl, the team just hasn't been the same. Yeah, well, I th- when I look at the Raiders, um, with with everything that's happened, and, and, and Eric, you know this. At the keep, end going, of the- keep going, because my phone is just messing up right now. At the end of the day, you you still have you still have to go out there and play ball, and and I see a defense from the Raiders that flies around. I think when you look at Yannick and you look at Crosby, what those guys do coming off of the edge, um, you know, right and in, in, in Littleton, I think that that's going to be the key for the Raiders for the remainder of the season is the front seven of that defense, making sure that they're putting pressure on the quarterback, not allowing teams to run the ball down their throat. I think the Giants were able to establish a run game, which, hey, you know this as a defensive player. If somebody's starting to get the run going, you want to get that safety down in the box, which is going to leave you in some type of single coverage on the outside. And I think that the Giants, along with Daniel Jones being able to escape the pocket sometimes um, and, and make big plays, I think that the front seven of the Raiders has to be like the heartbeat and the anchor of this team. Secondary just has to make plays. And when you talk about this game against Kansas City, um, uh, you have to be able to eliminate the big play. It's just that simple. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks gave the blueprint for how you beat Kansas City. And that is make sure you don't give up the big play. Make sure you have a front forward that can keep Mahomes in the pocket. And be sure that on the back end that you're staying in your coverage as long as the ball is alive, because Mahomes and that offense has shown that when broken down plays happen, that Mahomes with his arm and defenders getting lazy on defense, it oftentimes leads to big plays. Um, You know, when I look back at the Raiders game, I mean, hey, five red zone trips and you come away with one touchdown, three field goals and one missed field goal. You can't do that against the Kansas City Chiefs and think that you're going to win the football game. Um, when I look at Kansas City, to be honest with you, I, I, I think it's a team that beats themselves. I think they beat themselves. I think they rely too much on Patrick Mahomes in that passing game, and they don't rely enough on the run game. I mean, hey, let's look at the Super Bowl that they won. Personally, I think they won that Super Bowl because the running back in the run game was very dominant. I didn't think that Patrick Mahomes looked really didn't he didn't look crisp in the pocket, and I think that that's the key for the Raiders is, hey, keep Mahomes in the pocket, make them dink and dunk the ball down the floor. Yes, they can pick up first downs, eliminate the big plays. And when you force, and if Patrick Mahomes gets out of the pocket, you can't allow Mahomes to escape the pocket moving forward. He has to go backwards and sideways and, de- and don't allow him to turn the corner because that's where the big plays happen. 
Um, so and, and then when you look at the records, hey, this is an important game. We're talking about, hey, we're talking about the AFC West right here is on the line as far as standing as we continue to move forward. So I think if the Raiders can just not beat themselves with penalties, continue to move the ball, I think Kansas City benefited last week from playing against a team that was handicapped. You were playing against a rookie quarterback. Um, you have a young head coach who has to make the best he can do with his with the Giants or the game, the game last no, week? No, talking about Kansas City with regards to – to play their game against Green Bay. Gotcha. I think that they I think they were playing against a team that was handicapped with 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 LaFleur as the as the as the head coach, with Love as the quarterback, back backing up Aaron Rodgers. I think defensively they played against You know what else I, I, I kind of agree. I take LaFleur out of it. I think that if they have Aaron Rodgers for the way that we play, we lose. Even with LaFleur's coach and whatever problems they have as a team if they have Aaron Rodgers we lose that game just because of how we ended up playing overall as a team defense it looked like it showed up for us but if Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is running that that offense we don't we don't have that outcome yeah I agree with you and that's why that's why um for the Chiefs defense looking at the game last week that's why I'm saying that's why I I I implement LaFleur's because now you don't have Aaron Rodgers to bail you out you don't have Aaron Rodgers to make the passes that he makes to make the adjustments that he makes on the fly and then make the decisions that he makes throughout the course of the game. Now you as a play caller, you have to take your rookie quarterback. You you pretty much can't run the offense the way that you would normally run it because you don't have your Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think something that as we look into this upcoming game against you all against you know the Raiders against the Chiefs is I think the Chiefs are facing an offense that, hey, you're not dealing with a rookie quarterback. You're dealing with a quarterback that has played against you before, who has weapons. And although Gruden is not there, this is a team that the coaches are still there. And so I really think that this game is going to come down to first and foremost, Derek Carr cannot turn the ball over. If he turns the ball over, the Raiders have no chance of winning this game. And, and the other thing is, hey, let Kansas City beat themselves. If Kansas City wants to continue to drop back and throw the ball, and not utilize the run game, which sets up the play action, which allows Mahomes to get outside the pocket. Hey, if, if they want to continue to throw the ball, by all means necessary, keep doing it. The Raiders just have to not turn the ball over, keep Mahomes in the pocket. And, and then I think this game gets really interesting. I agree. Um, y'all still have a lot of good pieces, a lot of good pieces. You know, Even with the, the loss of runs, your offense is still good. I think you got the second best tight end in the game. Um, you still have a lot of offensive threats. You still, I, I love Crosby as a defensive end and, and the pressure he puts on the quarterback. I don't know if it was just without leadership. That's the the team that you got uh, out of the Raiders and how everything happened. But either way, you know, I have to give some credit to the Giants just because I see how they've lost a lot of pieces this year, a lot of pieces. And to still compete with the Cowboys when they came here, compete with the Chiefs when they went there, and they go out and beat you guys, that's great coaching with, you know, players that, you know, that aren't really big time. So you got to take your hat off to what they're doing in New York. They're doing a good job of coaching with a lot of, you know, uh, players that are out. Mm -hmm. But still, to me, for the Raiders, y'all have so much that you can still look forward to a great season even taking the AFC West, although I'm going to take my Chiefs over you guys. Um, but but the pressure that Crosby brings, all the other weapons that y'all have, 
it's still a good team. I think it's just right now you need proper leadership to get everybody in, in, uh, to, to, to give 100, I guess, 100% effort or to, to go out and get these victories. So, so let me interject here. What's going on, Lamont? How you doing, man? Yeah, what's going on? No, oh, man, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Running around a little bit. So, um, you know, you was kind of talking about, so is this kind of the issue you were saying that uh, it's the leadership with the uh, uh, with Las Vegas right now? Is that the problem you're saying, leadership-wise? Uh, oh, you talking about Yeah, Lamont. What, 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 okay. okay. I'm just, I'm just jump, jumping into conversation. So what, what was y'all talking about as far as, you know, what's going on with the Raiders? Well, we're just talking basically about both teams. Okay. Um, it was kind of well, issues, issues of both teams going into this uh, the Sunday matchup. Okay. Um, and, and y'all probably said this before, so maybe I'm, you know, maybe uh, uh, repeating, you know, what y'all said. But it, it seems like, you know, both teams uh, kind of took advantage of, you know, things outside of the, the field that was going on, right? I mean, that's, that's a lot about what I've seen. And so we, we're talking about, like, maybe all the controversy that, Vegas had had to deal with these last you know few weeks you know with the room things you know what I'm saying rungs uh, all of this is is you know it's taking its toll on the team and you know Kansas City which you know was able to benefit and take advantage of you know uh, AA Rod not being out there uh, discount double check uh, which they should have done right uh, I thought you know Jordan Love was going to come in and play a little bit better than what he did uh, but he, he did fair like you said from a rookie quarterback. Um, I think our defense played extremely well, extremely well. And you could tell the difference between Mark Ingram coming in in that room and just light that fire with the defense. You could tell it and just the energy he was able to bring. So I, I went out to the game this week. So that was another thing, man. I, I really enjoyed uh, going out there, man, and seeing the ball uh, just firsthand, watching these guys line up. But not only just that, but the energy on the sidelines, you know, things you don't get to see on, on TV as much. And so you could see how everybody was was able to to kind of respond to one another defensively, man. You, you could tell they was in a zone. You could tell it. I mean, they had this energy actually going. Um, Are you trying so, to encourage the fans right now, or, or what? I mean, I'm absolutely encouraging the fans. Look, the fans look, <laughs> and, and, and the thing was, e, when I'm sitting over here and I'm looking at the Jay, fans, you, you sitting here giving us stuff like. I, it's different on the sideline. I see this. No, man, you played on the sidelines. You know that that's different. That's different. Was- so, look, what I what I seen on the sidelines, and I, I'm just saying from from my perspective, because we don't get to see it when, when you're at home. You don't get to see all the things. But you played, and you understand it, and you you know it better than what the the, the normal the, the the spectator is that's sitting in the stands or in front of a TV. But I'm, I'm telling you from – I understand that. But I'm telling you, yeah, from the fans who don't know, I'm talking about also, too, the energy. So, you know, because some of it was – you know, we, we heard all the time. Like, now, look, this is what I'm hearing. We, we hear this all the time. Like, it was low energy. I don't know what's wrong with these guys. So we don't quite know what's happening on the sideline. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there was a, there was an issue uh, with the enemy and, and, and Travis Kelsey. I don't know if you heard about that or not. So there was kind of a, a, an issue that happened. I guess kind of came off the field and they kind of got into it a little bit, but I think it was more so like an encouragement part, mm. but they kind of went, went at it with each other for a little bit. So things like that, that you don't get to see, right. We don't get, we don't get to see that aspect of it. And so I could tell by what I'm saying, like Marcus, they, they didn't, they didn't say anything about that. I, see, I don't think that I don't, I, I still just don't think we're there, man. Like I know you say the defense played better and, and you say love, 
played good for a rookie. I don't think I, – I, I disagree. He played like crap. And you can't say he played decent because he's already – what is he, a second-year player? You know, if you throw Joe Burrows in, he, you throw Joe, uh, Joe Burrows in his first year, Joe, Joe is balling out first game throughout the season until he's hurt. That's what your first-round pick is supposed to do. Does, does Love do that? No. Does he have that kind of potential? He's supposed to because he's that first pick. But he doesn't. I just don't think he's that guy. So it's not about, you know, he looked good, he looked decent, and our defense played. No, he just played like crap, and it made our defense look better than what they are. Well, defense is, well, well, E, how many opportunities have Jordan Love had to, to start? And that's play? irrelevant, man. That's, that's definitely No, right. it's not, Jada. He's been that's, there for an entire year, so he's been on practice squad or whatever. Yeah, he's so behind well, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so look, we both know ball, right? So we are look, we are on the practice squad. You know, you're not necessarily getting the plays that you run in, in the game. So what about the practice guys squad. that are first round picks as quarterbacks and they're just thrown in in the first game and they and they're showing up? So how is it? Any I, different? I, I think when you talk about Jordan Love, when you throw in the comparison of Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, when he got drafted, there's a Hall of Famer that he's going to be playing behind. Whereas Joe Burrow, when he got drafted, he was just the guy. So okay, he, same thing for Aaron Rodgers, though, Lamont. You know. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers came in behind Brett Favre, but when his number was called, what happened? Same thing with Tom Brady. I can't say that that Tom was was that young, but when his number was called, look what happened. I, I agree with you, but but when when you when you bring up Rodgers and then you bring up Love, you're talking about a different era of athlete, right? And I think that that's a whole nother conversation. I, I think that. I had a chance to watch Aaron Rodgers, you know, playing in college, and he he had that dog in him. It wasn't okay. he was in a situation, but he was also in a situation where he's playing against other top dogs in that conference. He had a chance to back up Aaron Rodgers and let yes, there was a lot of veteran leadership, I believe, on that on that Green Bay Packers team. When you throw Joe Barrow and you throw Love in there, there is a difference. Love is coming into a situation where. Maybe a week before, because of what happened to Rodgers, he's been thrown in and play. Whereas Joe Barrow, he has a situation that from the time that he was drafted, he is the guy. He's taking all the reps. There is no time to grow. So I understand your point. That okay, Rodgers, so what, what about Herbert over in, in San Diego, not for the Chargers? Her, Herbert is a beast. Yeah, it, it, but it took okay, but when his number was called, when – uh, who's, who's, who's the guy that said – Right, it took the time to Right, but I mean, it took him some 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 time to develop. This is Jordan Love's first, really, his first contest going out there. And plus, man, you pick a guy that high, y'all all know when you pick a guy first round, you are supposed to show up no matter when they throw you in. I don't care who you are. So, so you you compare Joe Burrow, who is a, a Heisman Trophy winner uh, and also uh, <laughs> an NCAA champion, just coming off the highest part, point of his his career. Being chosen number one to Jordan Love, who like okay, he said, so, so what's what's the comparison with Herbert then? Just a comparison with Josh Allen. It took him some time. Josh Allen, same thing. Josh Allen took some time, but look, these guys didn't come out here and just start slinging the ball and become you know winners just right off the bat. It takes some time to develop. Herbert came in the first game against the Chiefs and showed okay. out. Okay, so so the same thing when we talked about. Same thing, Jordan Love is not getting the reps like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is getting the reps that count, right? He's getting the ones that count. Okay, I'm not, I, I don't want to sit here and just dog a dude. I'm, I'm just getting That's what you're doing. You're dogging him. Don't dog Jordan Love like that, man. Look, look the guy that, look. <laughs> Herbert came playing. in against the Chiefs, J.D. I am the glad. Chiefs. Listen, I am glad A.A. Rod did not play against the Chiefs this year. I am, too. Well, how y'all going to sit there and try to defend what he's doing and what he's not doing? 
I, I will tell you this. I'll t- I, I will say this. Love doesn't have the weapons that Herbert has. Yes, you have. Aaron Rodgers is making it work, Lamont. But come on, you can't compare love to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on, man. Okay. That's, that's not okay. fair. That's not fair to love. That's not fair that's to love. That's who's grooming you. You just yes, said who, yes. that. But we, we have to understand this. We all, we know ball. The reason the Green Bay Packers are make the playoffs, the reason they're good is because of Aaron Rodgers. Already, yeah. I think that we got an opportunity to see from, I believe, LaFleur calls the plays. I think we got an opportunity to see how he is as a play caller without having a Hall of Famer that has seen every blitz, that has the freedom to check in and out of everything else, check out of in, check in and out of everything, who also Brett has, Aaron Rogers, man. Y'all, y'all sitting there also has a relationship with Devontae Adams who has that timing. Jordan Love does not have that timing. Herbert, Herbert has that? weapons. Herbert had weapons when he came in there. He had weapons. He had, he had Keenan Allen. That was it. Yeah, Keenan Allen. When you talk about from an offensive makeup, you got Keenan Allen. You got Williams on the outside. Mike Williams didn't do anything in Herbert's first year. Mike Williams it's just not a matter of him not doing out. anything. He is a threat. Now yes. he is. Yes. yes, this year Mike Williams is a is a beast now. Austin Eckler coming out the backfield was a threat. That's that's now that defense that he had. I also have to tip my hat since we're talking about Herbert. I think we have to tip our hat to Pep Hamilton and the job that he did with Herbert as the quarterback's coach out there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, All right, so we're going we to get off this whole love and hurt. And that's, just, that's, that's not the topic of this week's conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you came out. Look, I was just like, I no, was because you know, trying to say he's not all that. You know, he was he, he, he played well. And our no, I know. I said, look, he, no, I said I'm, I'm thankful that, that, that discount double check didn't play. All right. What I'm saying is Jordan Love, I, I thought he would play better than what he did. It actually is what I said. Okay. But I mean, clearly he was just missing balls when I was just watching the timing. But also, too, what I see, E, what was different was that pressure. We, we haven't been given pressure defensively on anybody. I agree to that. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. So when I was talking about, you know, Melvin Ingram coming in and his impact on the defense, it was completely different. You could tell, okay. I mean, like I said, the I'm energy and stuff. I'm going to go offline on this one, too. I think that all that pressure came because of love. It's one of those. You can line your corners up man to man, and you got to let him beat you. That let love beat you. So we're yeah. just gonna blitz you. We can't blitz Aaron Rodgers. We can't run that defense against Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. But when you got love running that quarterback, you can do all those blitzes and say, "Hey, can you make these throws? Can you thread that needle? Can you make that adjustment?" Right. You still got number and seventeen. Seventeen outside is a bad boy. Okay. And and, and look, Javarius Ward did a great job. I watched him. Man, he, look, he was. He was in Devontae Adams, man. He he had him locked down. He did a great job out there, man. The defense, like like everybody played together. Like that was like really the first time I seen like Melvin Ingram coming into that room. You could tell a big difference between how how the guys were pressuring. This to me, this this was like clearly a different defense than it had been before. We hadn't seen this type of pressure in these past eight eight weeks. And, and I don't we think haven't seen that type of quarterback. What's that? We haven't seen that type of quarterback. Well, I tell you what, the, I'm talking about the guys. I'm talking about pressure. It doesn't matter like who's the it quarterback. Does, JD, it does when you don't have anybody that can get the ball. I'm talking. I'm talking about individual 
coming up around. That's what I'm talking about, the pressure. I'm, we weren't even running like, you know, a lot of different things. I'm just talking about individually. Like Melvin Ingram was doing a great job coming around the corner. And you could tell Chris and all those guys were playing off of it too. Uh, Frank Clark did a good game. Frank great Clark played, played a good game. I can't say Ingram did much. Now, Frank and Chris, they did they, they did what they're, what they're supposed to do, what they're known to do. Man, Melvin Ingram was an animal out there. The first time I seen it, we were sitting there watching. Me and Billy Baker was watching this sucker press the tackle, put it on Jordan Love, put him on his lap. <laughs> put him on his lap, E. He didn't do much. You crazy. Go back and watch the field. Watch the tape. We'll say tape a lot. I got to record it. After the game, there was, there was a lot of stuff, that, you know, the, the talking heads on Monday morning, the first take and all this stuff. They were saying that the 13-7 win, the Chiefs over the Packers, was more of a win for Green Bay than it was for us, just based on how Green Bay was able to keep it, that game so close without having Rodgers. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah. Man, look, man, we, look, it's a win's a win. It was ugly, but it's a win. Look, we, we and, and what I seen was our offense is definitely struggling. They're still trying to find that that fit of running the football well, passing to the guys. You know, same thing. I, they try to get Josh Gordon. They threw him one. He should have called it, you know, just getting these things together. And so you could tell the struggle. But the, the great thing about football is it's a team sport. So the defense holds up the, the offense this week. Hopefully, when it, we, we see the Raiders when they come in here, we go up there and go see them, we, go, we put his things together. Like you said, the Raiders have a, a good team. But right now, because of the controversy, everything going on, they are kind of like in this downward spiral. I think we're kind of coming out of it, right, the controversy of some of these things. And so it's like one of those, like, happy modes of, like, of just coming together. Well, I'm hoping that Las Vegas is still on their downward spiral, hopefully this week, and we overtake, you know, the West. Then the offense finds out what they need to find out, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I, it's 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 some it's some changes that needs to be done offensively. So um, you got to run the ball more effectively. We don't run the ball more effectively, like like Mom was saying, man. You're not gonna open up the pass. So I don't care what you do. Uh, you got to run the ball football effectively. We got the guys up front to do it. So and I think the Chiefs have the running back to do it. Um, I, I, the I forgot the, the the guy who got hurt. Um, Hilaire. Yeah, I always thought that Williams gave the Chiefs a better chance of winning because he was the harder runner. I felt like that he Williams weighs on the defense and he forces the secondary to come up and tackle. I think that he's more of a smash mouth downhill runner. Um, also think that he's a better pass protector, so he gives Mahomes that extra time. Um, but like I said before, the Bucks gave the recipe for how you beat Kansas City. Don't give up the big plays. Keep Mahomes in the pocket. Make him throw from the pocket. Um, and, and here's the good part about it, if you want to beat the Chiefs. All you have to do is get up on the Chiefs, and they will completely abandon their run game. I mean, listen, uh, Andy Reid, I've been – listen, Andy Reid, me being on the East Coast, I've had a chance to, to play against his teams. Um, and I just – and just I think we've all we, – you know, you and I have had offensive coordinators that, hey, that when you get down – you just completely abandon the run. And if the, and if the Raiders can, if Derek Carr can hold on to the ball, not turn the ball over, if 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 we if we can come into this game with Jacobs he, he, uh, healthy, with Booker he, healthy, um, with Renfro he, healthy, then I think that we have enough to put pressure on the Chiefs defense. And I said this before you came on, 
I think the Chiefs defense benefited from playing against a team that was handicapped this week. Yes. So, yeah, you had somebody come in. They, they got everybody hyped, and the Chiefs showed up. I think that the Chiefs at that time were that team that's a fighter, that you know it's a good fighter to kind of hit a slump. They just need to get a win. And I think that that's what this week was for the Chiefs. Now, I think that the Raiders are going to showcase what the Chiefs' identity is defensively. Are you that smash mouth, put pressure on the quarterback team that you showed against Green Bay? Or are you just a team that benefited from a quarterback that struggles with the blitz, who's not going to be able to identify the blitz? Um, now, this week, playing against, you got Weller, you got Renford, you got Jones on the outside, you have weapons, you have Jacobs. If the Raiders' offensive coordinator can mix in a multitude of different types of runs, that's the thing that I don't like about the Raiders' run game is I feel like it's too vanilla. If they can open this run game up some more, Force the, force the Chiefs to play play those. Play. I tell you what, bring that safety in the box and leave Weller and let and let Renford continue to have time to run these little routes on these slots. If you give the if you give us that type of time, we will move the ball on the Chiefs' defense. Then it comes down to this: which defense is going to be able to hold up in the red zone? That's what this game is going to come down to. If the Raiders eliminate the big plays. It's going to be a good contest, and the way I look at it, uh, when you when you got a quarterback like Carr, and I like Carr a lot, man. I've always liked Carr as a quarterback. I really have. Uh, and, and, and kind of side note, just some of the things like you could see him in in uh, how he's handling like the whole the, the rugs and everything, all the things that's going on. You could tell who the leader in the locker room is, right? And it, it it's exemplary. It, it really is. You could see it coming from him. That's why I like him. Um, but this is going to be a good test for the for the Chiefs' defense. I mean, really, because that's been the Achilles heel for all this time. And, and I think part of it is, like you were saying before, when you become a one-dimension team, right, the Chiefs always felt like they was always behind the eight ball because the defense could never slow anybody down. And they always knew, look, we got to come in and score three or four touchdowns, okay? We got to do it quick to try to catch up, all right? The more we do it, the, the more pressure we take off the defense. But the defense, because they got some new pieces in, all right, things have changed a little bit. And so I think they did. A, they was very successful, even though they took advantage. Like you said, sometimes it's just that having confidence, playing against a team, like you said, we just need that confidence, right? Hey, man, look, things look different. We got some new pressure coming in. Now we got some some guys, and Waller, to me, is he, he's your elite guy, no doubt about it. That's the guy. If you stop him, I'm putting on the guys on our outside. Brimfo, I like a lot too. He's one of those kind of you know water bug type of dudes. You know, running around, catching football. He runs good routes. Got good hands. Um, and you said the running game. I, I don't know what's been happening to, to Jacobs this year, uh, but like you said, I think they are kind of vanilla running the football. I, it's just not the Raiders of the past, man. That I know are just running the ball, man. It, it's not them. I haven't, I haven't seen it. But I think the defense carries a lot of, of what the Raiders do. They, they actually complement each other well, right? I mean, they really do. Uh, but this is going to be a great test for Kansas City's defense. It really is. Uh, so I think if you, just, you stop Waller, you stop, uh, you know, like the running game, don't get them going, you're going to have a, a, a significant chance uh, to beat this team. I do. That's how I feel about it. So uh, I, I don't want to see them, like you said, 
use all the, the variations of the running and stuff like that, getting creative, doing some things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, try to take them out of it early. If our defense comes together and comes to play, man, I think, you know, it, it should be a victory. Yeah, and there was one last question I wanted to ask for Wednesday. Go to predictions. Um, two weeks ago on Pat McAfee show, Rogers said, obviously not, not the famous uh, interview that he had, but he said we're talking about Mahomes' struggles. He was talking about when it comes to professional athletes and professional football players, sometimes you get into a slump and all it takes is one play. It could be it could be any kind of play, but it could take one play to kind of snap out of it. Do you guys think, and this is kind of some chatter um, on like the, the hot take shows, was that last player Mahomes – we, we finally see a little bit of that Mahomes match where he escapes the pocket and bolts that pass. Uh, he does a little improv play to uh, Tyreek Hill to get the first down and pretty much steal the game. Do you think that could be a type of play that could snap Mahomes out of the funk that he's in or no? I, think, I don't know. I don't know his slump. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, could it be? I don't know. Did he, he didn't really – even with the entire game, you know, finished, he didn't have a good game either way you look at it. Um, he's, he hasn't had a good season. And for whatever reason that he's, you know, having these struggles, um, I don't know. I, I can't I can sit there and assume, if, you know, and say it's, you know, the, the criticism of, of him trying to force plays and having all these turnovers, uh, him getting out of the pocket too early. You know, uh, all the talk about people saying that he's having to deal with his family and how his family doesn't respect him in the game or. You know, the birth of his new kid, the, the off-season surgery. It could be a whole, you know, crap of things. But I don't know. Uh, but I just do know that the, this season isn't one of his best. You know, he's not mentally locked in. Uh, and he's not making the accurate throws or the phenomenal throws that he's accustomed to making. Uh, yes, players go through slumps. Yes, uh, a particular play can get you out of that and get you rolling. Um if that's his play, I hope so. I don't know. I think that, like I said before, I, I think that the Bucks gave the blueprint for how you beat Kansas City. And that is eliminate the big play, have a front four that can, that can keep him in the pocket. And when he does roll out, don't allow him to turn the corner. As long as you can get Mahomes rolling out, or vacating the pocket pocket going backwards, you're in good shape. The second that you allow him to get around the corner, now he's putting pressure on your defense. The second you allow him to step up in the pocket and he sees that little crease and then he hits it, now he's able to put pressure on the defense. What I saw from Mahomes even in the Super Bowl is that if you keep him in the pocket and you you force him to throw from the pocket, he's not as accurate as a quarterback. I think that he hesitates sometimes when he's throwing from the pocket. Um, and sometimes you see this, I see this a lot with, with college quarterbacks who are used to playing in the spread in a spread system is that if it's not wide open, a quarterback has a tendency to hesitate or they try to aim the ball in there. So I think the key to, to stop in Kansas city is a hope that Kansas city beats themselves by abandoning the run game. When you have Mahomes, a quarterback who has the ability to move outside the pocket and you have the weapons like a Kelsey um, a Hartman outside, you got Tyreek Hill. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. If you get a run game with that, that allows that quarterback to now work some bootleg where he's having some design rollout runs, which is now opening everything up because you got the safety biting on the run. You have the linebackers biting on the run. I think that that's the key to Kansas City's to, to, to Kansas City. 
if they don't utilize the run game, I'm going to tell you right now, not only will they not get to the Super Bowl, um, I, I just, to be honest with you, if you don't get the run game going in January, I don't see, I don't care who they play in the first round of the playoffs. I just don't see Kansas City running the game. You have to have a front four to stop them. They're not going to run the ball. And if right. you have a defense that eliminates the big plays and you have an offense that's not going to turn the ball over. Um, I mean, look, Kansas City is two Mason Crosby field goals away from possibly losing this game last week yeah. against Jordan Love. Like, that's something that we have to take into account is that you, you you had one of the better field goal kickers missing the field goal. So keep Mahomes in the pocket and don't turn the ball over. If Carr, put it this way. If we look at the stat line and we see that Derek Carr did not turn the ball over, I think at the end of the game, the Raiders will win. You know what, man? I, I've been saying the exact same thing about the Bucs. They have given everybody a blueprint about how you beat the Chiefs. And they knew in that Super Bowl they weren't going to run the football. And it was one of the things they abandoned it because before then, you could pass off everywhere you want to pass, right? But now, like we've been seeing the last two or three weeks, yeah, you're rushing four or you're rushing three. So now you're dropping eight or you're dropping seven. And they just and, and the offense, like you said, well, it, it's been a problem, Lamont. I'm just going to say on this show, people have been talking about he's been – oh, he's taking off running. He's taking off – Pat extends plays with his legs. That's what makes him so good because he's one of those guys that can actually do that. Yeah, he can run to the side and throw a ball that other people just can't make. He can do that. And so – he, there's a there's a lot that's going on. Not just I don't think it's just Pat struggling. To be honest with you, I, I think it's also too. We're talking about the outside receivers are, are struggling. You know, Kelsey's been kind of you know having a, a few things here and there. Uh, it, it's just it seems like the whole offense is just trying to figure out who they want to be. Who do you who do you want to be? How do you create your identity? And so, like you said, when you run the football, that is an identity about who you are, right? And so if you pass, what teams are saying, well, look, we're just going to drop everybody back, right? Like you said, keep them in the pocket, drop everybody back, let them get open. We're going to let these guys out here get open. Double Tyree, double Kelsey, let the other guys out here, out here beat us. And I agree with you that, that Williams is, is a tough runner, man. He, he runs the ball hard. You got to get him going early. And the same thing with this young guy, Gore. I think Gore does a great job. I, I showed this film of uh, McKinnon. McKinnon comes in, does a great job. He's a better uh, pass blocker uh, than the, the the other two. And so because he's been around a little bit in the league, he knows how to do it. And so I think you just got to find that that sweet spot of finding the right personnel, the right time to get these things going. And you know how, as athletes, look, if you could have any type of hope to hold on to a play, right, to just build up on. And I think if, if that's – for Pat to do, hold on to this play, just a bit of phone, shoot, let him do it, right? Run it back over your head, how you felt about that play, and just keep going and say, hey, look, man, build on that next week. Build on that next week. Yeah, everything in the game didn't go for you the way that you want to, but you ended the game like you wanted because you got the W, all right? You got the first down. This is what, this is what you wanted to be able to do. And so I think if they keep that mindset of just trying to build on the things that, you know, that, that hadn't really been working for Okay, and it's just one step at a time, and that's the thing about it, man. Because they were just like I said, they have been losing, losing record. You become desperate. It's a, it's a desperation, right? Everybody feels it. Well, you done went to two Super Bowls. Where you at now, right? So you feel the pressure. Now they're talking about him and his his, his wife and his brother on the sideline. That's another uh, a subject that's coming out. 
Oh, you know, the new baby. That's a new thing coming out. Oh, he's not working out like he should be, you know? And so he's, he's just somebody who is at the top of the league right now, who has been the last couple of years, trying to find his way about having this success and staying at the top the whole time. And that's hard to do. That's tough to do, especially in this world right now, because everything is being criticized. I don't care what it is. Just the little things is just being criticized on him. And so I think if you could just get that noise out of there, talk to the guys, the guys in the room say, look, man, we just got to take this thing one step at a time, one game at a time. We're going to be all right. Let's do that. You know, I think they're going to be fine. I, I, I just, I, I think little things that you can hold on to give you hope, hold on to that. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. I hope we uh, take that into uh, the Sunday and with our final topic of the night, we have our game picks. Uh, so this Sunday, Chiefs are going to be traveling to Las Vegas for an 8.30 Sunday night primetime game on NBC. The Chiefs are currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Las Vegas. So what are your score predictions, and who do you have? We'll start with our guest, Lamont Jordan. Lamont, who do you have, buddy? Oh, man. <laughs> man, man, man. It's it's it, it, it's tough. It, it, it's tough. I mean, we just sat down and we just went over – you know, the different scenarios, the things that we like or dislike about the two teams. And and I'm just – I struggle because I just don't trust the Raiders' run game. I think Jacob's health has been an issue all season long. How vanilla the run game is is, is, is something that concerns me. Um, man – I, I love the Raiders defense. I think these guys are really active, especially in the front seven. Um, but we are talking about the Raiders. And if you look at the first half of the game against the Giants, they only had one penalty. And then halfway through the second half, they had already had five penalties. So now I have to take into consideration which team is more likely to beat themselves. To me, Kansas City beats themselves by not utilizing the run game. The Raiders, they beat themselves by a car turning the ball over in unnecessary penalties. Um, you know, you take into consideration what happened with rugs. You take into consideration everything that Jason just spoke about with, with Patrick Mahomes. And so it's tough, man. It's tough. But I, I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm staking – the victory for the Raiders first and foremost on the defensive front. I really think that this defensive front is going to get after Kansas city. And if Derek Carr doesn't turn the ball over teams have been able to move the ball against the Kansas city chiefs. Even if you look, even when you look at last week, uh, uh, um, what green Bay green Bay offense to me was very vanilla. You're not playing against a vanilla offense this, this, this week coming up against the Raiders. You may have a vanilla run game, but but this is not a vanilla offense. And if Derek Carr can just not turn the ball over and this front for the Raiders can keep Mahomes in the pocket and eliminate the big plays, I really think that the Raiders can get the victory. Um, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of Kansas City, although, yes, the defense did look a lot better this past week. But I think that, like I said, they were playing against a handicapped team. Um, the one thing that we have to take into consideration, which is a concern of mine playing against the Chiefs, something that we have not talked about, is you have to move 
you have to shift field position if you're the Raiders, because I do believe that when it comes to being explosive in the special teams department, I think Kansas City has way more explosiveness in the special teams game than the Raiders. So I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm staking my claim on the fact that the defense is going to keep Mahomes in a pocket, that Carr is not going to turn the ball over, and Kansas City will abandon their run game. And I think that that would be the thing that would be to their demise. Score? Ah, uh, score, score, score. I can see this being one of those 27-24 close game. I don't think that this is a blowout game. Put it this way. If Carr turns the ball over twice, the Kansas City Chiefs just blew us out. I'll say that. If Carr turns the ball over twice, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to blow us out. And so I'll, I'll say that Carr's not going to turn the ball over. Um, we can live with maybe one pick, but nothing crazy, not a pick six. I say 24-27 Raiders. It'll be, it'll be a close one. Go ahead, E. No, you got it. All right. So I tell you what, man, I, I like the defensive rotation. Uh, and I think they're onto something. I think they know the one guy they want to kind of eliminate. Uh, Hitchens was in there a lot last week. Um, and so I'm, I'm just, like you said, Carr, if you, if you could create some pressure on Carr and just because of the things that they've been dealing with for these past few weeks, I think it's still going to ail them a little bit. I do. I, I think they've just not out of that storm just yet, man. They just they got into it new. And so now with a team that's just lost two, two straight and just lost to the Giants, right? I mean, that's, you know, we lose to the Giants too. I mean, that does something to you, right? I mean, seriously, you got to think about that. So uh, the way I'm looking at it, I think the offense – is going to score some points. I'm looking at 28-21. That's what I'm looking at right now. 28-21 Chiefs uh, up there. So I think defense is going to do a good job against them. I think the offense is going to kind of find their way. I think they're going to run the ball effectively. I think we start off running the football well. That's what it's going to open up the play action, uh, open up the pass. So hopefully that's what we're looking at, 28-21. Eric, finish this off. My loyalty, I'm always under the Chiefs every week, so and, and no argument there. Um, I did a show earlier, like I said, with Stanford, and my prediction there was 24-17, so I'm going to stay with that, 24-17 Chiefs. All right. I like it. I think uh, I think all of us have taken the unders because I think the total points for this game is 53, I believe. Um, I, think that's what it, I think that's what it is. Um, but all right. Well, hopefully we'll see who, uh, who pans that out this one. I, I hope we win, but um, I guess we'll see on Sunday. Guys, thanks for tuning in to Achieve Concerns presented by Bell. Once again, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Have fun. Definitely have fun. Let's do it again. Uh, second game of the season. Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.